All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. What's going on, everybody? It's a special edition of the Infinite Fringe. So I, I had an episode lined up that I was going to drop on you, but I figured this was a bit more important, right, what we're going to talk about today. So I called my brother, Tony Arterburn, and I told him, I'm like, hey, you got time for me? I want to talk about this. You know, he said, yeah. And then I heard Mr. Guard Goldsmith doing his thing on his show last night, and I was like, you know what? I got to bring Guard on because he's dropping knowledge on people. So I called up Guard this morning. Was it this morning or was it yesterday? I don't even remember, Guard. I think it was um, like last night. Yeah, it was last, last night. night. Like, yeah. hey, what are you doing? And uh, and uh, he he is here today. And John Brissom, literally about 20 minutes ago, I told him, if you want to hop on and, and, and talk to me about Peter Thiel, please do that. You know, um, and, and he said, yes, I, I'll be here. So I appreciate all of you gentlemen joining me here today to discuss this, right? It's all over the news. Everybody knows what's going on, right? Uh, um, there's a problem with America's banking system. And if I listen to Miss Yellen, we're good. <laughs> she's telling me we're good it's it's completely safe to go deposit your money you know your hard-earned freaking money into these banks and you're gonna have it right there's the, the the fdic and all of this other stuff it's it's all good right but for some reason i don't trust this one i, I don't know <laughs> i don't know why you know and uh, and uh, you know people are getting heads up left and right hey listen something's gonna happen you may want to take your money out of these uh institutions you know and uh, then there's the too big to fail aspect of the bigger banks aren't going to fail, but they'll let the little ones fail, right? They'll let that happen. And, and Gar did a hell of a freaking breakdown last night on his show on that. So I, I, I'm going to go to you on this. Um, it's the Infinite Fringe. What's up, everybody? My name is Billy Ray Valentine, Billy the Kid. And uh, hopefully we can take out your pads and pens, man. You're going to need it. I'm sure I'm going to need it, right? Uh, I'm going to rewind this episode and, and try to try to pick out whatever I can to try to help myself. And of course, we're not giving financial advice. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not those people, but um, this is what we would do, you know, in, in, uh, in situations like this. And we're trying to give our opinions on what's going down. Mr. Tony Arterburn, the wisest of all the wolves. Welcome back to the infinite fringe. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. It's always an honor to be on the fringe, Billy. Good to see everybody. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're extremely busy, man. Thank you very much. Mr. Guard Goldsmith. How you doing? Liberty Conspiracy. Go check it. It's on every day, right? So if, if you're cooking, that's what I do. Whenever I'm cooking, I turn on Liberty Conspiracy and I start listening. It's always a good time. Tons of information. He's incredibly charismatic, this guy here. And he will be on FreeWorld.fm. Also, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gar Goldsmith. Say what's up to the people. 
Hey man, thanks a lot, and it makes me it, it makes me feel gratified that I can I can give you something, Billy Ray. You know, um, putting something out there like that because I get so much from you guys. It's awesome. So thanks, dude, and uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm, I mean, I'm in great coming. company. Thank thanks. you for coming on, and thank you for doing what it is you do. Met you through Tone. Thank you, Tone, for introducing me to Guard. You know, it's, 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 we're all uh, forming Voltron here. What's up, John Brissom? How are you? Live from the kill shed, let's do it right, ladies and gentlemen. Jacques Brisson, the Patriot Street Fighter himself, Black Trump. What is up? How you doing down there? What's going on? I'm doing well, young Kennedy. Uh, glad to be here, <laughs> as always, with great company. And uh, definitely go subscribe to Gardner's uh, Substack. So I'll follow him on there. So, Fantastic. Uh, Dude, you guys. Big shouts to Don Jeffries. Go sub subscribe to his Very much so, yes, Substack too. as well. Okay. Silicon Valley Bank, right? That was a whole deal. That's what started this whole thing off, right? At least whatever they're saying. And 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 admittedly, I know Jack Squat about this. I'm leaning on these guys here, right? I they, they're talking about Washington Mutual, and that it hasn't happened since that bank went under. And I remember when when Washington Mutual was popping up all over the place here in the Bronx and throughout New York City. You saw tons of them. Then all of a sudden, they just went away. And I remember that whole deal happening, not quite understanding what was going on. And now that name has resurfaced as a result of what's going on right now. Um, on the David Knight show and on Tony's show, uh, on Guard show, there's a lot of CBDC talk. Uh, we haven't addressed this yet on the Infinite Fringe. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to give a quick overview of what that is and what that means for us and how that comes into play with what's going on here today. What we're seeing in the news with these banks, um, people are taking their money out of these uh, little banks and putting them in the big banks. And, and, and as the person outside looking in here in this circle, I can understand why they do it out of fear, out of fear, you know, and, and they're led to believe um, we'll be able to protect your money. I, I don't know how well I, I believe that. I, I don't know how well I understand that either. But but a shocking statistic, and then I'm going to throw it to Tony to tell us about CBDC and all this other stuff, right? Shocking statistic that I learned on Guard Show yesterday. And we all know here in the alternative, right? We all know that the Federal Reserve and, and fiat currency, we all know it's a scam. We all, But to put it in clear terms, and Guard, please correct me if I'm wrong, right? So if I remember correctly, um, uh, the banks have about 200 billion worth of, of, of cash, right? Or, or currency that they have. And um, in all actuality, there are $9 trillion that, that are deposited into this system and they can't account for it because they only have 200 billion. You know, so am I, am I saying that right? Tell, tell, tell me, Gar, go ahead. Yeah, um, uh, well, just uh, on that in, in that instance, we're talking right. FDIC. FDIC, uh, As far as the FDIC goes, uh, there are estimates. The first time I ever heard about this, I heard it was about 150 billion to mm. cover nine trillion. Right. The FDIC assets versus the amount of um, credit that is out there. Right. Um, and uh, but then I heard that it was 200 billion. But either way, it's it's just not possible that the FDIC can cover cover these things. And, and of course, now about, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish up. I'm not well, I was going to say uh, also we have to consider that the FDIC itself probably has a lot of long term bonds. Mm -hmm. uh, the FDIC assets. Uh, we don't know what the FDIC assets are. 
I love the way that the, these politicians try to tell us that they're going to create the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau and all these things to make everything transparent. And the most opaque things that you can get are the ones involved with government. Because right. if it were a real free market, we could demand transparency if we wanted it. But they won't. They they create these screens. So we don't know what assets what we don't even know what the FDR FDIC assets are. So those themselves could have dropped because, of course, they could be invested in long term bonds and the value of the long term bonds as the as the Fed has raised interest rates. The value of those long term bonds at the lower rates where they were set is now much lower money wise. So we don't know whether or not the FDIC has got 200 billion, but that's the estimate, 200 billion to cover nine trillion dollars in insurance for the banks. That sounds crazy, man. And you talked a little bit about the FDIC being unconstitutional. I, oh, I, yeah. I want to discuss that a little bit more, man. That that was shocking stuff. Tony Arterburn, what's up, buddy? Listen, tell us about the CBDC, right? It's coming. I, I personally, my opinion, I think it's inevitable, right? I could be wrong. You know, that, you know, we, we, we may be able to divert, but I, I think this is where we're going. And, and I, I don't see a way out of it. But anyway, go ahead. I'm turning it over to you. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Uh, adoption is not certain yet, though. That's the variable. That's why we do what we do to tell people what's coming. If they if this is adopted, if you fall for what's happening, you know, what we're watching right now, Billy, you ever seen the movie? I am legend. Yes. And uh, he goes and he's watching all the news clips to reels to, to see when you know, it, patient zero happens, like when, when that j jumps off and he's trying to track it. Right. This is what you're watching. This is the reels going into the disaster. Mm -hmm. And I and I'm and again, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. But, the, you know, you look at FTX and that spilled over into Silvergate and all that into uh, the the rest of these crypto banks that the. Uh, FDIC, I mean, you know, Kitco has an article out right now just saying the FDIC it, it's admitting that it's targeting crypto banks. Now, why would you do that? Why would you go after the why just this sector of banking that it's it has, I mean, it has billions of dollars. It's very it's it was very lively. You had Jim Cramer go out and go, go buy it, you know, go buy the Silicon Valley back, go buy this because it, it's the hottest new thing. It has all this liquidity, and now it doesn't. But it's all sectored into the crypto market. Yeah. And the reason you would want to do that is, well, you know, again, the, the United States government, the Federal Reserve, the bankster class, they've created this crisis and they're going to use it to their advantage. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. right. So this is going this is the beginning where they start really attacking cryptocurrency. You know, it's like crypto is a great technology, but it's 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 been uh, it's so volatile. We have to bail it out. You talk about Washington Mutual. There's another little uh <laughs> Nobody remembers Lehman Brothers, right? I mean, <laughs> Lehman, it's more like Lehman than it is like Washington, than WAMU. I mean, I remember the WAMU uh, over by my uh, house and when I lived in North Texas, and it's now a chicken joint. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the, it lost all of its banking roots. It's now, it now sells fried chicken. So I, I, would, I would say, look at what happened in history. Something like Lehman. Lehman was big. It was powerful. It was connected. And people say, oh, it's too big to fail, too big to jail. Maybe. But see, even in the top upper echelons, they cull each other. So these people, and I, okay, so I, I have uh, two gold and silver exchanges that are live right now. I have one in Texas. I have one in Branson, Missouri. As a matter of fact, off camera, and you probably hear people, there's people coming in here. And my, my two uh, ladies that work for me are handling the business while I'm on your show. I have two. Now, ask me if I bank with a big bank. Do you bank with a big no. bank? Okay. 
No, the reason is, is because if you read anything into the intelligence that's going on, like, and I don't like BlackRock, but I, I look at the intelligence of what's going on in some of these giant mega international banking cartels. BlackRock said something very interesting about six months ago I read on my show. They said, whatever worked in the past will not work in the future. So when you're looking, look at what happened in 08 with TARP. Some of those banks were just chosen to go away. So just because they're big doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to keep your funds, right? And if I, I would look, if you're going to bank, you, everybody needs a bank account. But there's all kinds of cool options right now, like something like, and I'm not endorsing anything, but I use something, I use like Cash App. I use something like, because you can get a, a routing number, you can get an account number, you can have direct deposits put into that. Um, there's smaller regional state banks that have a lot, I mean, their balance sheet look, look, look a lot healthier. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a regional bank in Missouri and it doesn't leave Missouri. So I, I've, I, I'm good on that bank. I have a regional bank in Texas that I've been with for close to eight years now. No problems with them whatsoever. That doesn't mean there won't be a problem, but their balance sheets aren't anything like these major banks. So I think that's, I, it's, it's counterintuitive. And I know people think, well, I'll go into these big banks because they're too big to fail. Right. I don't know that that's correct. And you've heard something, um, you know, look at Greece and some of these other countries. They've talked about bail-ins. Now, the bigger banks are more, I, I, th I think they're more apt and uh, more willing and more connected to the system, especially with things like ESG and the Federal Reserve and all the stuff that the top-down government stuff. I think they're more in, in line or inclined to go and do that. So I, I, can't, I can't prove that. But you know what a bail-in is, right? It's where they're just like, oh, deposits, frozen. We're going to take them and we're going to use them like the, because, of, because of a, mass, you know, a national uh, banking crisis. So the, the, the wisdom here, I think, is to be very nimble. Don't have too much exposure anywhere. I'm not telling you to go close your bank account. What I'm asking you to do is if you look at that bank account, you see the liquidity in there, you may want to go ahead and start placing it in hard physical assets. And I'm not telling you to go buy gold. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do that. Right. But I'm telling you to look at something. I mean, you know, a firearm is a good uh, hard asset, storable food, things like that. These are the land. Like if you can get into some land that you don't have to pay high property taxes on, like in Arkansas, I, I have very low property tax. There's things that you can get into the hard assets that, that, will hold value in a crisis. So I, I would just caution people, don't panic. Don't, and especially don't do like the herd is out there throwing. I saw those articles on zero hedge, like massive pulls from regional banks and putting into these multinational banks. I just don't think that's the best idea. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just based off of um, just based off of what's happened in history, because even if they're big, you know, even if they're huge, Enron was big. Enron was massive, it had huge political connections right. and all this stuff. Poof, it's gone. Lehman Brothers, same thing. I mean, you, you mentioned Washington Mutual. We'll go back to that again. Washington Mutual was another one of those giant banks. Right. It's just gone. And there was many, many more. There was an, there was an, and I'll throw it back to you here in a second. You're fine. Take it. There down. was a story on 60 Minutes. I've talked about this many times. Right. It came out in about 2010 or 11. And the FDIC admitted that during the, the 08, 09 crisis, they had teams of people going around all over the country into banks that had failed, that were just about to go under, and they didn't want to cause a banking crisis. So they'd have people put on the uniforms. 
they would fire everybody, let everybody go the, the, the very last hour of the shift. And then the next morning, your local bank, who you thought was the same bankers, were all replaced with FDIC agents, and they would run everything and, uh, and basically nationalized it under and then ha while they were waiting for other giant banks to connect to take over their balance sheets. That happened because the FDIC, like Gard was saying, you know, well, my, my deposits are insured up to 250,000. Good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, I, and you know, it's like, it's like me saying, well, you know, I, I got social security. I'm going to be okay. You know, somewhere it's inside Al Gore's lockbox. I heard the, the, the my social security. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never be able to find it. I, I don't count on any of these programs. So just look at history, look at what's happening. You've got the emergence of the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, it's South Africa, now Saudi Arabia. This is this is an historical shift like we've never seen before. Normalcy bias is going to run you over like a freight train. And this, again, this is not an infomercial for precious metals. It's just what I do. So I'm looking at the banking sector, and I'm, I don't trust any of it. I mean, I, I, I trust my regional state banks more than I do the national banks, and I'm giving you the reasons why. Right. But nothing, I mean, they're not... They're going to use this to usher in the central bank digital currency. And like I said, the dollar's not going to zero. It's going to digital. And that's what you have to watch out for. Why is this dangerous? John, I'm coming to you in just a second. Well, why is this dangerous? Why is a central bank digital currency dangerous? Because it's surveillance disguised as money. Hmm. It, it's, it's no, I mean, cash, you know, if, if you have $10,000 in cash, you want to walk into a gold and silver shop and turn that into the yellow metal known as gold. If you want to buy, you know, five Krugerrands, you can do that right now today. No questions asked. Walk away. You've got solid assets. You've got hard money because gold is money and uh, the dollar is not. Dollar is currency. It's fiat a currency. Rand, a a Krugerrand is an African coin, right? It's a South African gold coin. Okay. One of the most recognizable ones. I, I bought a ton of them yesterday. So if you're interested, right. give me a call. But anyway, we've got... We've got a, a central bank digital currency that's being developed, initiated, planned, and being birthed. And what that is, is it's going to put on a blockchain from the central bank, you, biometrically, your, your identity will be tied to this wallet. It'll bypass, and maybe even these big banks will be a part of it, the, the connectivity to you. But it's a, it's a, a real-time expansion or contraction of the money supply tied to each citizen all right and it'll be it'll be adopted slowly and then ramped up and then made a requirement and what that means and just china's been doing it it can be tied to a social credit score it can expire uh they can make that you didn't spend it or it can be restricted by what you can and can't purchase because you know again it's Tied to the Federal Reserve, which is as federal as Federal Express, it's an international banking cartel that runs our currency unconstitutionally. I know Carl Goldsmith would agree with me on that. Just criminal that we allowed it to happen. Since 1913, we've been run de facto by uh, banking combines. That is just 100% fact. I mean, the financial network is not going to talk about that. They devalued our currency. They robbed us. So this is the, this is the last, I think, the, the final piece of tyranny, it is the most important thing that we can talk about. Everything pales in comparison to this evil. If it's allowed to go through, if it's allowed to bypass all the checks and balances and the rule of law, politics is game over. It's not, why did you even talk about it? You'll just be canceled. You won't be able to buy or spend. It's the mark of the beast system, if you want to put it that way.
I believe it's something like that. It's akin to it. John may agree with this. Very, very good transition there. It's, it's yeah. as if you knew exactly what was going to happen, and you probably did. Uh, this is John's wheelhouse, right? If, if if we go there, we were talking a little bit about the BRICS nations and about um, you know their plans of uh, or or if they're already doing it, you know to, that that they're they're uh, uh, they're going to go to a gold back system, or they have already in some sort. I, I, I'm not sure what they've done. I know. Turkey was running um, some test on a CBDC, you know, uh, it's the start in December, I think, or around that time. I know they've been running it. Um, and I, I think this is the way we're going. So we, we need to, in my opinion, we need to learn this, know about it and figure out a way to fight it from the inside because we're going to be on the inside. Um, adoption is a thing, right? And I hope you're right, Tone. Right now, I'm having a hard time seeing that, you know, um, seeing that through, that that we're going to somehow say, no, we don't want this. I think uh, even if we get a victory and say no, they're not going to stop. They'll keep going and they'll attack other generations, you know, that that see things differently because they don't know any better. They haven't seen a world without, you know, certain amount of things, you know, like, like we have or whatever. Um, so... I think it's inevitable, and I think we need to get ready for it. John Brissom, um, we spoke a little bit about the BRICS nations, and we spoke a little bit about Peter Thiel, because uh, he was given a heads up, you know, when when all of this happens. I know he pulled his money out, so I thought that was interesting, and you had a whole breakdown on it. But uh, Tony uh, provided a nice little segue, so I want you to touch a little bit on what. Don't go too deep, okay? I want you to touch a little bit on what Tony was saying. We'll we'll flesh it all out throughout the course of the interview the interview but don't don't blow it all right here so just go ahead okay well uh I, yeah i mostly agree with what tony mentioned earlier i believe that there's going to be two uh there's going to be two uh central bank uh, digital currencies that will come into fruition one will be based off of the old world order financial system of fiat petrodollar currency that us as americans we did gain uh, some sort of financial advantage using that system of having the illusion of the world's police uh, and the world using our petro-based fiat currency. Uh, there was a gain of financial wealth. Now, I, yes, did most of it go to the elite? Yes, but the, not all. You know, the standard of living of Americans is pretty good comparable to the rest of the world. Okay, even the poorest Americans, for example. So there was some benefit of that. And I'm, now I myself am not a, for. Uh, you know, a fiat-based currency, you know, because that was the old word order-based currency where the currencies beforehand were base, based more off of uh, a transfer of goods uh, and precious metals, okay? So you had, like, the currency before the old word order um, or the current world order uh, currency, which is a fiat-based. Now, I think the future currency, now I think there's, there's going to be the implication of two implementation of two different uh, CBDCs. One's going to be a fiat-based CBDC. You mentioned Turkey earlier. That was a fiat-based CBDC based on off of the lira. Um, and so, uh, you know, that will happen. And, and I believe that those will fail. Those will ultimately fail. The fiat-based CBDCs will fail. Uh, and the BRICS CBDC, which is based off of uh, precious metals, primarily gold, but excuse me, I can see it literally be based, later be based off of gold, uh, metals and commodities, maybe even uh, a person's work like Buckminster Fuller talked about, we talked about electric kilowatt hours. Um, so it'll be transitioned into that as far as the B system is concerned. Um, and I, and I, and I don't 
for those who don't take the mark, it will be totalitarian. You will be excluded from that kind of system. But for those who do take the mark, I do believe that uh, they will be giving ample amounts of money to do whatever they want to do with. Okay, because the the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is just it's just it's just a median. You know, it depends on the person's intentions and the heart behind of them using the money for what it's for. For example, you can either use it to glorify God or you can use it to glorify, you know, man or themselves, you know. So, uh, you know, so I, I think that's probably what's going to end up happening is you're going to have these differing um, currency systems, um, you know, one still based off of old world order, fiat, petrodollar currency, okay? And then you're going to have the implementation slowly of the new world order uh, CBDC, uh, which is going to be based off of precious metals and commodities. And then as we transition from the old world order and the new world order, if we are truly entering into the end times or the tribulation period, um, you know, there will be that transition uh, into kind of, uh, you know, the, the different currency, uh, uh, which, I mean, the theosophists have wrote about, Alice Bailey, Barbara Marks Hubbard uh, have wrote about it extensively. They call it their St. Germain World Trust. If you if you go with the gold warriors uh, about the accounts for national policy, uh, a theft of gold within the Philippines um, during the, you know, the Marcos regime, uh, then they got enough gold to back this up. Okay, and also, I guess, you know, in closing with that, and I'll talk about Peter Till, I'll shift over to that, is uh, the John Birch Society, among many other um, organizations for many decades, uh, you know, especially Ron Paul in the Fed, right, in the Fed uh, switched to gold-backed currency, a silver-backed currency, okay, which, again, wasn't really technically how it was of days, day, you know, ye days of old, Okay, that is an old world order currency still. Now, you could argue, is it better than fiat? You can make that argument, but it's still not going back to how it was. It still would be going back to just maybe a cleaner version of an old world order currency if we ended the Fed and replaced it with gold and silver of how it was, um, you know, uh, before the foundation of the Federal Reserve and the elimination of, of, of the use of gold and silver of notes of being able to exchange for gold and silver, right? You know, your dollar is worth this much, which, by the way, uh, Executive Order 11110 that Kennedy signed, that the Scientologist Jim Morris swears up and down was one of the reasons why they assassinated him because it would have got us off of the gold standard. You know, it, it would, I mean, it would, it would not have gotten us off the gold standard, it would not got, gotten us off the silver standard. If you actually read the executive order, it did the exact opposite. It transferred the power of the presidency to the Treasury, which during Kennedy's administration and continued by the Johnson administration and continued by the um the nixon administration was the obliteration of you know gold and silver banknotes in the exchange of such okay so cuz you know comparison to proper conspiracy mythology kennedy wasn't our guy and that wasn't the case okay so that's one of my biggest concerns now is it has been primed in conspiracy culture conspiratainment for decades for decades to accept some sort of gold and silver mineral-backed currency, okay? And so when the Fed CBDCs, which will be horrific, you're going to get this, but again, China's part of BRICS, right? And they have a social credit score, do they not? Which will be implicated in the B system's financial system too, okay? But the, the, the fiat CBDC will fail, and it will fail amazingly, 
And then people will be calling for the BRICS multipolar world order currency, which I believe probably will be the beast system will be in the tribulation at that point. I'm not saying thus say of the Lord that God told me this. I'm saying it does look like that's probably going to be what ends up happening in the next 10 to 20 years. Okay. And people have already been prime for this in the Fed. The Fed's corrupt. Of course it is, <laughs> except gold and silver backed currencies. You know, they've been primed to accept a gold and silver backed CBDC, and they will be calling for it when their fiat CBDC crashes and burns into complete annihilation. All right. Hold hold the Peter Thiel stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. I saw a guard and, and his face. He was really listening to everything you were saying. He was soaking everything in. Um, it, it's an intense look when he's paying attention. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to Tony and then I'm going to circle back to you with the same question, guard. Listen. And 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 this is me. I'm I I am almost a novice at this, right? Like I mean, so uh, in in my view, and I, I spoke about this with John off air quickly. I, I think that a, a gold backed, silver backed system, a precious metals backed system, will in essence force them to stay honest, while uh, while um, a fiat backed system gives them a lot more flexibility to, to lie and scam and do what it is that they want to do. Right. I think that's where, where John and I disagree, but then again, no, I, no, I agree. I agree John, with no, you, there. you know a lot more about this than I do, brother. This is why I brought no, you I on. agree with you. Right. I agree with you there, Billy. I'm not saying I disagree. I, I just, I think that this is going to go the route of, of fiat based CBDs. It, it is, it is like, it, yeah, right. It, it is the, um, I think fiat based CBDC is, is the, the golden, the golden nugget, man. Like it is, it's, it's, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, I forget his name from DuckTales. It's the number one dime, uh, Mr. Scrooge or whatever his name, Scrooge Uncle Scrooge, Scrooge, whatever his name is or whatever. This is what I mean. It's like the gold nugget for, for the, the controllers, right? I mean, what's, what's better than that? In, in essence, it's kind of what they have now. It's just digital, you know, and they'll just transfer it over. I could be very wrong. Tone, I want your thoughts. Yeah, it's the Holy Grail. Right. And, That's and the John, way to put it. <laughs> John's bring up a great point about the BRICS right. nations. They're creating, because they're 40% mm -hmm. of the world's population, and they're about to add Saudi Arabia, which is the death blow yep. to yep. the petrodollar. I mean, yep. this this major historical stuff going on, and these talking head morons on the financial networks don't even get it. Like, just buy the FANG stocks and technology. I'm like, guys, the dollar is is being, it's put on hospice. And, you know, we're, the only way to save it, really, in, in its current form, is World War III which we don't want, which is terrible, which is going to, I mean, could end life on earth. But these controllers, the people that are running our system, the Luciferians, the bankster class, they want they want that total control without having any value. And unfortunately, they devalued the dollar so badly, they printed 80% of all the dollars ever made in the last 48 months. 40% of that was under Trump Yeah. in the last year of his presidency. Leading into 2019, there was indicators that you know, this Federal Reserve put in $6 trillion in the overnight markets known as the repos. That's the first time I was ever on the David Knight show. I was, well, we, me and him both were watching this going, is anybody noticing they're putting like the entire GDP of other nations in overnight markets in like one month? And, and then all of a sudden, boom, you got COVID-19 before everybody stay locked down. Yep. They printed just another trillions and trillions and trillions yep. more. That's because the financial system, you know, if you look at the debt to GDP ratio, it's always been in the United States from Kennedy uh, all the way up to through Reagan, through uh, Clinton, even into Bush was about maxing out at about 40 percent of debt to GDP ratio. So, you know, again, we were just in that line. Well, it's one hundred and twenty five percent now. 
because the debt uh, went from five trillion in the year 2000 to over 30 trillion now. So it took us all of our history to get to five and then double, double, double. So like, you know, when I was 20 years old, it was, it was 5 trillion. When I was 30 years old, it was 20 trillion. You get where I'm going, I'm 40, it's 30 trillion. So all that just continuing to accelerate. So these are things that are unsustainable. And the BRICS nations know this. We weaponize the dollars. The one, is the re one of the reasons why they're forming all these coalitions to go against us, because we have uh, 40 different economic sanctions on 36 different countries. The BRICS nations are sick of us. They're sick of our, our military industrial complex. They're sick of the American empire. Uh, they, you're going to get kicked out of the SWIFT banking system. You're going to get kicked out of international banking. If you don't go with the dollar, well, fine, we won't take dollars anymore. Russia said that they look at the dollar like candy wrappers. Well, that's not good. Their, their main export is energy, and we're the petrodollar. So we just, uh, that's, you know, they call it Putin's price hike. Well, the people that weren't feeling Putin's price hike were people that live in Russia. It was us. They put sanctions on us, the American people. And that's what this has all been about. Again, what's happening is, is a the death of one currency mm -hmm. and the emergence of another. Mm -hmm. And what John was saying is that the BRICS nations and some of these, they're going to make it more appealing. Yes, it'll yep. most likely be digitized. They'll have a basket of currencies, probably bimetallic, maybe even other natural resources will back yep. this supposed new currency. We're going to continue with the fiat digital trash. We're going to trade in cash for digital trash, like Gerald Salente says. And people will, again, they'll, they'll initiate a crisis, and that's what it looks like they're doing now. They're attacking crypt, the crypto banks, um, they're looking at, making them look like they're diseased. So you get away from that. But also, here's this digital thing we're working on. Biden's executive order just turned a year old, where he told all the departments that work under the executive branch to give him a report on how they can implement central bank digital currency. These are the quiet things that are going on. So there's a, there's this two, the, the big factor, you got CBDC, but you've also got the competing, the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. That is huge. It's for, they're 40% of the world's population. Mm -hmm. We're 5%. Okay. They've got all these natural resources. I mean, the South African resources alone, massive gold reserves, you know, in Saudi Arabia being added this, you know, tw they're like 24% of the world's supply of oil or at least the Middle East is, I mean, there's still a big chunk of that. So um, people need to realize that the normalcy bias and what we perceive as our economic reality, the United States is in decline. I believe it's yeah. been on purpose. You know, if you look at, um, but first of all, you talk about a gold standard. I would love that in some way, but you know, we had a gold standard from 1944 to 1971 and it was illegal for you to own gold. So they, they didn't want you to own it. And they said we backed our dollars by it. Supposedly, from you know, from the Breton Woods conference they had in New Hampshire, where John Maynard Keynes says that gold was a barbarous relic. They tied gold to the dollars, thirty-five dollars an ounce for gold until nineteen seventy-one, when Richard Nixon went live on television and uh, interrupted an episode of Bonanza and took us yeah. off the gold standard. Said he closed the gold window. By the end of nineteen the nineteen seventies, Billy, gold was nearly eight hundred dollars an ounce. Now, does that mean that gold just went up in value and everybody wanted it? No, it just means that was the decline of the purchasing power of the dollar. That's That's been over 50 years of loss of purchasing power. The dollar is, is and that's one of the reasons I believe, like Jerome Powell, they've raised interest rates faster than in any time in history. Yeah, they're not massive moves. It's not like the like almost 20% like it was under Paul Volcker at the end of the 1970s, which was, that's what they had to do when they went off the gold standard. It was just massive inflation. But 
Jerome Powell's moved it faster than anybody. Like the stair steps, boom, 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 is raising it, you know, 50 basis points here, 75 basis points there. The reason they're doing that is they're trying to protect the dollar. The economy, the economy is secondary, in my opinion. I think that they just said, we need to keep the, the dollar strong. Purchasing power is weakening because of inflation. These other, like the, the Wall Street needs its its hit. It needs its it needs its drugs. It needs its feet its its fake fiat currency pumped into the system because we don't have our our father's stock market or our grandfather's stock market. It's not based on profit anymore. It's based off environmental, social governance, and woke policies. It has nothing to do anymore with making money. It's about connection to the central bank. That's what so they need it. Well, guess what? They're not getting it. And this is starting to see you're starting to see the economy having a shakeup because Jerome Powell's raising rates faster than anybody in history, and they're doing that to save the dollar on the petrol world stage, because to them, that's what matters. 80% of all the dollars, um, any the $100 bills ever made, Billy, they're not in this country. 80%, of, that's why these dictators and drug cartels and everybody, the, the, it's a petrodollar. It's, it's known worldwide. I mean, Saddam Hussein had like warehouses full of pallets of $100 bills. So if you think like, if you're looking at cash, even like 65% of all the total cash ever made is not here. It's not in the continental United States. The reason we our economy exists, and the reason we haven't had Weimar Republic, you know, late 1920s, early 30s Germany, with the wheelbarrows full of you know cash to buy bread, is because we're the we have the currency of the world, and that's slipping away. So that's what people need to recognize. Not just these banking crises; that's a sideshow. What you need to realize is that the dollar is up against, I think, a, a war that it can't win. So you need to start preparing yourself for where you go next. And I, I agree with what a lot of what Tony said, but I don't think it's supposed to win. And this BRICS, you know, base currency, it's going to come with its own social credit score nonsense. It's it's complete BS, too. It's just a changing of the guard to something that, again, we've been programming the conspiracy movement on the truth movement for decades to be like, oh, this is it's like. You 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 have this banquet in front of you, and it's all this delicious food, right? Which is the 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 the, the metals backed currency, right? But it's all laced with rat, rat poison because it's digital, and there's a social credit score behind it. China has been forefront in the social credit score stuff forever, and they're made and they are one of the major parts of BRICS. So we have to realize that it's not going to be good at all. And I'm not saying you're saying it is, Tony. I'm just saying we have to be on guard that this is not going to be a good thing. Of course. Because they're going to try to sell it as such compared yeah. to the fiat CBDCs. Well, it's backed by metals. You want that, right? But it's it's really not good. So. All right, Guard, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you, and then I'll circle back around with everybody else to this question here. Like, if, if you scan the alternative media, right, um, in particular, if you go to InfoWars or, or you know, any, any sites like that, you see – this is the end. They're flashing. It's happening. It's happening. It's the end. Almost like uh, like what Tony described when people are going to be walking around with wheelbarrows full of money that, that you know, are worthless. Um, so th that's what they're saying. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Sparking fear in people. And nine times out of 10, it's politically motivated when, when outlets like that put out stories as such. In your estimation, how close are we to the end? Are, are they overreacting here? Are we going to see it anytime soon? I know a very broad question. I just want your thoughts on this because if you tune into any of these things, any of these other outlets, you see them flashing the red 
I don't trust them, right? I don't know why they're fla- flashing the red light. It, it could be just for, for their own gain. You know, I don't know if I should believe them or not. Um, then again, there's the whole boy who cried wolf, you know, a thing. You hear about it so much. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. And then when it's actually there, you don't believe it. And, and that's, that could be what's happening to me right now. I don't know. Give me your thoughts, Gart. Well, all I can think of is Jim Morrison. This is the end, right? <laughs> uh, and at, this, at the good, same good. time, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, uh, I'm sitting here listening to what you guys are all saying. And I'm just so gratified that I'm in association with you guys because it's a very lonely existence when you're doing all this research and you've done all this studying on your own. And now all of a sudden I'm here with you and I feel like I'm, I'm home, you know, because I'm not alone. Uh, I think we've been in the end phase for a long time, Billy Ray. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how far, how much, how much more distance there is until that cliff is arrived. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, I think it's, it depends on how one sort of senses things and uh, the subjective valuation of, that people have on this time period. Uh, but one of the things that I think is important to bring up is this end phase has has been with us uh, since essentially the founding of the United States government uh, and uh, any formation of central banking. And one of the important things I'd like to bring up is um, looking at the back period up to this period and then looking into the future. It's very important for people to recognize that anything that is associated with government is fiat currency because it's it's done by fiat by government fiat so any of the any of the cryptos even if they're connected with the BRICS nations even if they tell you it's backed by gold it's fiat currency yeah it doesn't matter if the government is backing it by gold it is still fiat currency it's just gold backed or silver backed fiat currency and they might throw other things in there so that's very important i agree with you 100 percent about that we agree on yeah yeah and that's why you you know when we look at the difference between fiat currency and real free market trades oftentimes in black markets or oftentimes with with gold and silver coins and things like that which the government tried to suppress under roosevelt's era and then once they allowed people to uh to own gold again it was too late because so many countries had traded in their dollars for the gold up until the 70s when nixon went off the so-called gold standard that gold standard that they had promised for all those decades from the 30s on or even before that really when they founded the f uh, F, um the federal reserve that was that was a fake it was a lie um the ratio that they had in storage was not there they were going with with um uh some some form of promise that if you handed in your dollar you would get x amount of gold if you had a certain amount of dollars you can hand them in Nixon knew that that foreigners were handing their dollars in and getting what they could because they they knew if they held on to their dollars any longer, they wouldn't be able to get as much. So now and by the way, when my brother got married, he got married at Bretton Woods and I gave my best man speech in the same ballroom where they went off the gold standard, which was really weird. Yeah, that was very (laughs) strange. It's about an hour, an hour and a half away from my house. So it's a beautiful hotel as well. Uh, but uh, looking forward, one of the things that I think uh, can give people a little bit of, of room as far as uh, distinctions go is uh, let's say you've got the fiat currency that comes from the BRIC nations. The, the difference between fiat currency and regular normal market based currency that we can decide on, that we can demand, OK, what do you have in storage? Uh, are you are you um, 
fractionally reserve uh, here in your banking as a private bank. Now, during that period, once they founded, started the Federal Reserve up until Nixon went off it, they were fractionally reserve banking. They were engaging in forced fiat currency anytime the government's involved. And then that currency was based on fractional reserves. So in reserve, they only had a fraction yeah. of what they were putting out for the bills that they were promising if you turn these in. So people knew the, the quicker they turned that in for the actual metals, the better off they would be. Nixon recognized by that point in the 70s, we're screwed. We have to go off this. We need to find some way that we can maintain the dollar's hegemony. That's when they created the, the petrodollar. So the only the only distinction that I would make uh, in the looking and in, in the future uh, is first we know they're trying to kill real crypto, real crypto like Bitcoin. It it can't be fractionally reserved. It is its own thing, and they're going to try to wipe out real crypto. They're going to bring in CBDC. Now let's say you've got a CBDC that's based on in the BRICS nations. They might be slightly better uh, based on. Okay, can we actually estimate that they've got X amount in gold and reserves? But over time, it's going to get diluted. That's just the nature of any government-backed money is they're going to dilute it because they have to, because they have to have government programs and they have to appeal to the people who are going to become welfare for them. That's always the trend. Government will grow. Get your money away from government. That's always the trend. The other part of it is, for that period, when they do start it, it will be a relatively better situation than, say, a United States CBDC or something like that that has no connection to anything that they're telling you is connected to gold or other types of resources. And one of the key things there is if it's a, a BRICS-based CBDC, one of the keys there is how free are they allowing their productive economy to be? Hmm. If they've got a relatively low regulatory state, if they've got a relatively low tax burden, you're probably not going to have too many problems if you connect to that CBDC that they have, that is fiat through bricks. Personally, I wouldn't touch it. But if people want to look at it, that's one of the ways that you can distinguish between the fiats. And of course, as you guys said, those fiat currencies in a dystopian science fiction way, they will be used just like you saw in Black Mirror, they will be used regionally. They'll probably give people incentives to, well, if you use it on X, Y, or Z green technology, you'll even get a bonus. Right. Your money will buy you more. So they're absolutely manipulated. And what we're seeing already really in the FDIC and banking system is a variation of that. You know, I, I'm thinking dynamically while I'm, while I'm talking to you guys. It's up to us to think dynamically. So while I hear you guys, and that's one of the reasons why I brought up the fact that we don't even know what FDIC has invested. We don't know whether or not they still have that 200 billion or whether it's even lower now, because we don't know what their investments are. So the very entities that we want to be transparent, they're not transparent. The very entities that demand the banks be transparent, they are not transparent, the government yeah. things. So it's all it's all a ruse, it's all a shell game. So what I think is is pretty interesting is I'm listening to you guys and I'm thinking to myself, you know, they're already doing this in a certain way. FDIC is going after certain behaviors of certain banks and crypto is one of them. It's Operation Checkpoint 2.0 and we can see it right now. Silvergate and other types of things, they are going after things that are connected to crypto so they, they can make it more difficult for people to be able to invest in crypto and hold on to their crypto.
Damn. You know, um, it's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's crazy, right? This, uh, this CBDC is, is, uh, like, like we were talking about earlier, it's going to be the golden nugget of all things. I think it's, it's the soul of the B system. If we want to talk about the B system, it needs the CBDC to exist. Right? I think this is what's going to be, and, and they're going to incentivize it. This is why I don't see a way out because they're going to make it attractive to younger populations, to, mm -hmm. to the younger generations. They're going to make it attractive. They're going to, they're going to make it in a way that it's trendy, but also beneficial and comfortable. Sucker people in, bring them into the system. And then after, after a while, people won't know any different. We're, we're going to be uh, crying in the wilderness, our voices, you know, let's see how, how far it travels. going to be like, oh, you guys are antiquated. You guys don't get it. Some people will inevitably. You know, maybe we'll find a Neo in the Matrix that says, you know what, we're in prison. You know, we, they know everything about us. You know, hopefully it doesn't get normalized to that level. But I think things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. Brissom, talk to me about the B system, brother. Um, this is this is your wheelhouse. And then I'm going to Mr. Artemer. Yeah. So um, I, I do believe that the world will be presented with two um, with two uh, CBDC currencies. Um, and then eventually it's going to meld into one. Um, if, if we truly are living in the events of the end times, the events of the book of Revelation and, uh, you know, the Bible, um, then to take the mark, um, you know, I believe that the incentive that Satan will give for that, give to that, uh, will be that you'll be able to live out your heart's desire. The Antichrist will say the previous financial system, it was so burdensome, it was so horrible. Look at all the destruction that happened with the old world order and the fiat currency, and look how hard it, because we're probably going to enter eventually, if this if this does happen anytime soon, uh, you know, the great, the true great reset, right? You know, and this leads to the phony great awakening. So you're going to, you know, th this is the destruction of the middle class. This is the destruction of the old world economic system. People are going to see poverty uh, like they've never seen it beforehand. It's going to be worse than the Great Depression, uh, even, I would assume. Uh, and, uh, you know, I disagree with Tony that I think that they could use World War III or Civil War in America to reach that aspect. Um, I, I don't think a war, I don't think World War Three would prop up the currency any longer. I think it would, mm. it would make it implode. Um, and, uh, and, um, or a civil war would, uh, make it implode, uh, because you'd have some of the countries, of the United States join an ally with the BRICS nations, right? Like Texas, for example, Texas would probably join up with Russia, right? And so we'd be joined up with the BRICS nations. Uh, at least you would hope to think that's not the case because inside Texas supposedly is a lot of patriots, right? But then when they got Flynn <laughs> and Trump, you know, whispering in their ears, right? That anything's possible, you know? And so I, I don't know, but I, I assume that's probably what's going to end up happening is you're going to have the great reset. You're going to have fiat CBDCs and they're going to be horrible. They're going to be everything that we've discussed in the stream. You know, you're going to have a social credit score. They're going to try to make it trendy. They're going to try to make it hip. They're going to tie it to green, green technologies and wokeism. You know, that's what they're going to try to do. Uh, and then, and then, you know, when the antichrist, you know, takes power, um, the antichrist to the world uh, is going to look like a savior, uh, but to Christians, we, we know that he is not the Savior. We know he's, he's the false Christ, he's the Antichrist. So with that, you know, as Satan comes as an angel of light, this specific, you know, world currency system will be, you can do whatever you want. You can, you, by your heart's content, you can do, go, whatever. 
but it's going to cost you your soul and enable to do so. You're going to have to take the mark of the beast to be able to do so. And so I think that's what's going to happen with this, you know, and, and probably Alexandra did a great video on it. It's called uh, the root of all evil, which is not money itself. Money is just a tool. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, and, and people covet money. They want it, you know, and I'm not going to say that I don't have my own urges for money too. We're all human, you know, but there is that aspect of it. So I, I think there's going to be two financial systems uh, and and I think it will lead to a new one, which is different than most people discuss in conspiracy theories, where they only focus on the Great Reset, you know, 1984 financial system and claim that's the B system when it's anything but. I think the B system would more closely resemble a brave new world. I, I agree with you on that. I think it would most close, closely resemble a, a brave new world. Um, ultimately, what we're looking at here is, is I, I don't think it's going to be like the country dividing. This is just my opinion, of course. I don't think it's going to be a civil war. Um, I, there's rumblings of that, right? There's talk of that. There's talk of of the country breaking apart, right? And all this other stuff. Marjorie Taylor Greene putting it out there, but it's it's been out there long before her. I don't think that's realistic. I don't I don't think we'll see anything like that. I I think the controllers have figured out that they they are most effective when they used honey instead of anything sour or war or any hard type of slavery. Um, they use sweet things, things that will entice you to come. And, and that's what, that's, what's going to be incredibly dangerous. Billy Ray, can what? I just mention something? Of course. What's up? Yeah. Um, you know, hearing John and Tony, uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to bring up is, you know, I mentioned earlier that, uh, most of the banks are likely, uh, upside down right now because of their investments in long-term bonds right yeah. and the price of those bonds has gone down uh but you know what tony brought up earlier is finding regional banks state-based banks and what for example david knight has done going to testify in favor of uh, a, a state treasury bringing in silver and and gold and so on as what is actually stipulated in the constitution you're only supposed to be able to pay debts to the states in gold and silver coin yep. Um, so uh, what I think is interesting and, and then John talking about, you know, Texas, this brings to mind something that I, I wanted to make sure that I brought up when I heard Tony talking about the regional banks is one of the key things here is the last the, those vestigial threads of confederation that are still left that could be uh, could remain inside certain states. We've seen resistance. In, in areas like DeSantis, as you know, I have major disagreements with DeSantis on international things and stuff like that, and on some of his speech stuff. I mean, signing a bill that you know allows doesn't allow people to criticize Israel. Yeah. I mean, it's freaking crazy, right? Yep. Um, but um, and he signed it in Israel, which is like what? <laughs> Seriously, like how long a pen do you need, dude? Just be in your office, okay? <laughs> Holy smoke, man! But anyway, um, yeah, and. Um, so what I think is, is going to be interesting there is is this 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 the force conflict here. Um, there can be some impedance in the signal uh, coming from the feds telling these states to do these things if the states stand up. But unfortunately, the feds have so many of the politicians as puppet puppets on their strings because the states can't balance their budgets without fed federal money, which of course comes from the federal reserve. Sure. So that that's going to be that, that area where if your state is going to be at all, even semi-independent, 
they've got to i just don't i just don't see that they're going to be able to break away from their from their dependency on the federal government to balance their own books so that means the next phase of thought is how can we separate from these things and mm -hmm. so yeah so i just wanted to make sure that i brought that up um you know because uh when we talk about fiat currency when we talk about things like um uh, uh fractional reserve banking and things like that uh, the states themselves could be great alternatives for a little while, but they're themselves, unfortunately, addicted to the central government money. And um, uh, I just don't see uh, the only way I see it is breaking away completely from from fiat money. And like I said, this has been cooking ever since Alexander Hamilton uh, was able to get them to switch over from the Articles of Confederation onto the Constitution. That was a central bankers deal. Uh, that was that was the guys who bought up. The, the revolutionary war bonds at pennies on the dollar, knowing that there would be a central bank brought in with a taxing authority and they would get 100% on those bonds, on those war bonds. It was massively corrupt and the corruption has followed ever since at various times in the United States. You got to separate from government connection to money. You get, right, you, that's the only way to do it. Right. Um, uh, Tony, I'm, I'm going to you. Um, give me your thoughts on everything that's been said and then we're going to talk real quickly about solutions. I'm going to give John some time to talk about Peter Thiel, and then we're getting out of here. So give me your thoughts on what's been said, and and, and what do we do? Well, I agree with John that a civil war would uh, that would not save the dollar at all. I mean, that would tank it. Um, I think what their war games uh, probably consist of, I know that the Pentagon was war gaming a gen, Generation Z Bitcoin revolt about a couple of years ago. I covered that on my show. They're looking at the financial system because they know the petrodollar props up the American empire. You lose that, you lose the empire, period. I think this is about polarization. I think they want yeah. to stop the contagion of the BRICS nations and other people switching off of the uh, the American system. So that could be a solution through war. God help us. I don't want that. I'm speaking against it every single day. I yeah. think we could weather the storm of the dollar uh having a, a setback and not be you know and losing the world's reserve currency status if if people understand that we don't need it i mean i go on uh, goldprice.org and i can look at the international price of gold and silver that's everywhere around the world it's called spot price there's an international money right there i think it's undervalued i think it's manipulated i think the central banks especially with the united states uh, gold is the enemy of the dollar because the dollar is a devaluing system and gold is a store of values. Those two, two things are, are, are at war with each other. They know that. So it's kind of suppressed. Uh, silver, especially, I think I've read reports that on the exchanges, um, every 240 ounces of silver that's sold only represents one physical ounce in the real world in the third dimension. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're looking at real prices here. So what people can do so, Tony, yeah. real quick, does yeah. that mean that it's manipulated by the elites as far as the gold and silver market is concerned? I believe you, that it is. Okay, I would believe it is, too. I think it's heavily manipulated. Like, I would I, I would even argue that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is, too, as well. Uh, but I'll talk about that when yeah. I talk about Peter Thiel. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, Bitcoin's especially been manipulated by, you know, people. I, I mean, you can throw around uh, Warren Buffett, uh, and I'm not saying he directly does it. What I'm saying is he'll say things like, Bitcoin's rat poison, and then, you know, uh, Jamie Dimon will say, we're not going to do anything with Bitcoin and the price will tank. And all of a sudden um, they'll come out and so you'll see this massive buy in and then Bitcoin goes up. I don't know. I did this some kind of inside deal. I don't know what they're doing. Well, Teal exited out of the market, the, you know, the crypto market, uh, interestingly enough, early last year before everything tanked. So I'm just saying, and we'll talk about Silicon Valley Bank in a minute. But yeah, so.
No, what, what, 100%. And so we, we have a manipulated system, but people, I mean, you could, so the things I, I'm gold, silver, Bitcoin, uh, that's where I'm at on my money. Like my money is gold, silver, or Bitcoin. I buy physical gold and silver. You need a reputable dealer, somebody you can buy from, know what the pricing is, all that good stuff. But if you have in your hand, physical gold and silver, you've got money, you're covered. You don't need a bank. Now you can use a bank to pay your bills and things. And there's all kinds of apps and things that do that. So th there shouldn't really be a banking panic, in my opinion, because <laughs> you can always hold physical things. Now, the majority of people in this country are going to find that out too late. Now, I'm not saying it's coming tomorrow. I'm not pushing fear. What I'm saying is you're just going to ride that all the way to the bottom instead of like taking steps to diversify yourself. You know, you need to not put yeah. all your eggs in one basket. Very much so. You just need to be careful. I'm not telling you to go buy a gold and silver because that just sounds like an infomercial. It's what I do. Um, because I, I, I know history and uh, gold and silver are money. So there's a difference between money and currency. Currency is like a current, right? If it's like electric current, if it stops, it dies. So they need it always through the, the lifeblood of everything. And it funds like fiat currency made our reality. It's why we have like the worst crop of politicians in the history of ever, because that that's what fake makes fake. Fake makes fake wars. It makes fake news. It makes a fake society. The, the everything flows from the genesis of that, the evil origin, the ground zero of this of of our current reality that looks it looks like a ni simulation nightmare. It comes from fiat currency, in my opinion. So I think right now decentralization is is everything for us in the future, and I want people to understand that you don't have to use the dollar. There are other alternatives to that, and you have a world. We have a world. Uh, money. It's called gold. You could just use it and, and it's recognized. You can go into remote villages where they mine for gold and they don't even have like the cable or, or satellite or anything. They know the price of spot right then. Everybody does. Right. And uh, Robert Kiyosaki tells that story about going behind enemy lines of Vietnam when Nixon took us off the gold standard because he wanted to go buy some gold. He met this really like elderly lady in a hut in, in Vietnam, like behind enemy lines. He takes his chopper in there and he's like trying to get a discount for from her. And she just looks at him and goes, spot. She knew what spot <laughs> was that minute. And that see, that's that's what, because gold is money. It's internationally known. It always will be. And, uh, you know, the, the dollar is convenient, you know, but the dollar also it funds and fuels all the things that are anti-liberty, anti-people, right? Anti-peace. We know this because you just look at your history books. The, the main fact, and I want to get to this, I'll, uh, and I'll close out with this. We don't need the government in the currency. But guard's right. Why are they in the currency business? It's because it funds them. If they had to be accountable, you know, we could use state banks, regional banks, private banks. We had that system uh, in the 19th century, as Gardwell knows. Uh, you know, Andrew Jackson killed the second bank in the United States. He actually wanted that on his tombstone that I killed the bank. He hated them so bad. He called them a den of vipers and thieves, the international bankster class. And we didn't have yeah, a Tony and Tony. I just want to mention, you know, with, with Jackson, when they uh, just to bring this up, because a lot of people say, oh, that was the free banking period. And that collapsed. They didn't. They, they all tried. But the key thing there is during that period when Jackson didn't re-establish re the Bank of the United States, they, they allowed for private banks to start in the states that existed. But the only way that those private banks could operate was if they agreed to buy a certain amount of state debt for the state in which they existed. 
And then 14 of the 17 states extant at that time ended up defaulting on their debts. So any if anybody criticizes the so-called free banking era, it wasn't a free banking era because they had to buy state debt. I just had to make sure I brought that up to people as far as history goes. There you go with your facts and figures. <laughs> you know, the, the you know, problem is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Doug, come on. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say the other thing that I wanted to mention, and it was on my mind, and I wanted to make sure I brought this up, too, is, you know, everybody's so critical of bank runs. We got to stop a bank run. You wouldn't have bank runs if you didn't have fractional reserve banking. You know, and you don't yeah. have fractional reserve banking if you do have a competitive private market banking system that is disconnected from the political power. Of course, whether or not you can have that for the long term on a large scale without politics starting to seep in i don't know but bank runs occur because of fractional reserve banking because people recognize oh they don't have enough in there and over the long term over the decades after the establishment of the federal reserve it was a long-term bank run decade after decade until nixon went off the off the off the uh, so-called gold standard because people were turning in their little dollar slips their precious little dollar slips for the gold that was still left in fort knox and then after a while, they said, we're screwed. We got to get off this. So the bank runs, everybody's got a right to freaking get their money. And that's what really ticks me off so much about what the FDIC has done. You know, the FDIC started that bank out there in California. They started that bank. They had to have been preparing for weeks to be able to get the officers to replace the SVB bank. And they established a new bank, the Santa Clara, whatever it is the national whatever of Santa Clara. So the government of California had to know, the FDIC had to know, they they had to know. Did they tell any any of the average depositors? No. We they found out Newsom them. knew, Gardner. Yeah, we Newsom found out knew. Gavin Newsom knew. Exactly. Newsom knew. Newsom knew these, these big high rollers in Israel knew. This Peter Thiel knew. knew. Yeah, Peter Thiel knew. And this is, this is the thing. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because evidently, those guys were allowed to participate in a bank run. The, the people who were in the club that George Carlin told us about, they were allowed to participate in a bank run. But the other people, that's a bank run. We can't have that. Right. And, and, and I, I want to go back to you, Garden, and then we're going to go with John and we're going to wrap. Right. I, I want to go back to you and, and let's talk about the FDIC being unconstitutional. But what I want to add is that um, people don't know. And, and, and that's the issue. And, and it goes back to my argument of, of uh, attacks on the generation or, or getting people acclimated to a certain idea on a generation. People don't know that there are other alternatives to the dollar, largely. We are in this bubble. I have Tony Arterberg, Gar Goldsmith, and John here. And if I sit here and I listen to them, I'm like, damn, everybody knows because they're so well-informed, right? And all I have to do is pick up a phone call, uh, pick up a, a telephone and, and, and dial them in. I'm like, hey, what do I do? And, and Or explain this to me. And they will. Most people don't have that. You know, most people don't know uh, how the banking system works. They don't know what fractional reserve banking is. They have no idea that the color of money could be gold. The color of money is green. It is green. And that's been drained into our minds for so long, right? The color of money is green. It's the American dollar. Right. And that's what people, uh, it, most people anyway, at least here in America, I don't know how it is around the world, but I, I know in Central and South America, they, they look at the dollar the same way. You know, it, the dollar is king. It's not. And I think there are symptoms of it that people are, are looking at now and saying, OK, something's happening here. 
but but most people don't know the ins and outs of banking. They don't know about gold. They don't know about precious. They just they just don't. So so we trust, and that's the issue, right? It's it's a lack of knowledge, you know, and that's why we we look at a bank run and start to panic, right? That's why people are taking money out of the little banks and going to the big banks because money is their only form of currency for most people, you know, and 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 that's the issue here, in my opinion. Uh, talk to us about um, how the FDIC is unconstitutional. Yeah, well, okay. So there are a couple things, uh, constitutionally, and then and then practically. Um, if we look at the the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, it was started during the Roosevelt administration, along with the uh, Federal Savings and Loan Insurance Corporation. Okay, so you got the depositors, you get the saving loan, saving savings and loans. Now the FDIC is clearly not sanctioned by the U.S. Constitution. Uh, what they do is they 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 claim they they look at two areas. They look at the area where the Constitution grants the federal government the power to the Treasury the power to coin money, and they they first they claim that ha- that is the exclusive money, which is bogus. It just says coin money. So we could coin money, and we we shouldn't be prohibited from doing that. We could start private banks, as Ron Paul says, just pull away the monopoly of the Federal Reserve and allow for what the Constitution allows, which is private banks. And then they would have to be transparent. And then Grisham's law would show us that people would be driven away from the bad money and they would only take money from a bank that was transparent, said this is what we have have in reserve. If you want to hand in your bill, we'll give you this much. Other banks, if they didn't do it, nobody would take it. So you wouldn't need the FDIC. The FDIC only exists because we have a central bank, fractional reserve, government fed fascist banking system. Those banks that get into it, the FDIC, FDIC says, oh, well, we will insure. And so originally what they had was, it was $40,000 per uh, depositor in the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Company. Oh, the other thing is, as they use, they use the Interstate Commerce Clause. And they say, okay, since the the banking can happen over over state borders and it can affect interstate commerce, we will create through the federal government and the treasury, which they just broaden and broaden and broaden all its purviews. You got the federal um, uh, federal trade commission. All of these things just metastasize. Why sh- why should the federal government be involved at all with trade? Well, they use this expansive interpretation of the interstate commerce clause, which James Madison discussed in the early 1800s. He said, look, it allows the Congress to control between the states, right? And states is a capital S. It's supposed to be if there are state on state disputes like tariffs, then as a remedial measure, as, as James Madison said, he said, as a remedial measure, they're supposed to be able to go to Congress. So let's say a state is imposing tariffs on apples from Washington state and they're not allowing them in Michigan, right? Well, then the people from Washington state's legislature could go to the Congress to say, hey, th- we got to resolve this. Now, how it could be resolved, I don't know. They would, I don't know if they'd probably have to write some statute in Congress. But as far as people trading with each other, that's not supposed to be part of the interstate commerce thing. But they look at commerce as being virtually anything that goes over state borders. Now, Michael Meharry of the 10th Amendment Center has a slightly broader view on this. And just as a scholarly way, I want to give him some deference because he's really smart on this. 
And even though I'm an anarchist and I didn't sign the Constitution, I want to be, be respectful for the people who try to give the Constitution some respect. And he has that he believes that there are certain types of commerce that the Congress was understood to be able to regulate. I don't think so. I think it was only supposed to be if there were problems between the states, then people could go to Congress to come up with a remedy for it. But anyway, that being said, they start the FDIC in Roosevelt's era and they start the, F uh, the Federal Savings and Loan Insurance Corporation. At that time, uh, up until 1980, the uh, FDIC could insure each depositor $40,000 in a deposit uh, insurance. So if the banks, if the banks screwed up, um, then the federal, federal government would backstop, as they say, to 40,000. In 1980, they rolled the Federal Savings and Loan Insurance Corporation into the FDIC. And at that time, the Federal Savings and Loan Corporation, not to do, get too didactic, it's just that I was writing about this and I still have it in my head like a disease, but they, they were in debt $20 billion in 1980. So the FDIC absorbed that $20 billion debt for, so they had outstanding payments that they, they should have been insuring. They had outstanding liabilities at that time for the FSLIC. The FDIC took that on and then they levered that to say, okay, give us more money and we will insure to $100,000. Now, when they did that, interestingly enough, starting in the 80s, at the end of the 80s, that process inspired the moral hazard of banks being even more reckless for their loans. So the, the, the practical reason you don't want the government getting involved with insuring deposits, and instead you want private insurance companies insuring deposits for banks, where banks would have to be open to the private insurance companies because the private insurance companies would be hurting their bottom line if they didn't check. You don't need, you don't need Elizabeth Warren's uh, uh, Financial Protection Bureau. You need private insurance companies that are saying, hey, I want to see your books. Otherwise, I won't insure you. That's all you need. That's all you stinking need. And they don't allow it because they're got, they've got to be our so-called protectors. So what happened in the late 80s, early 90s, Billy Ray, was there was a mini housing boom. And that's when, as I mentioned on my show, you probably didn't see that show, Billy Ray. It was a couple nights before that. But I mentioned I actually worked in an auction house that was selling the properties that had been purchased with a lot of those reckless bank loans when the FDIC increased their insurance to $100,000. Since that time in 2008, they've increased it to $250,000 per depositor. So that's just the historical part of it. But the key thing to remember, regardless of the numbers and regardless of, of the various dates when it happened and so on, is that it's a moral hazard. It inspires reckless lending from the banks and then they end up sending out more money for all of these types of projects. And overall, the main point that I would make, same thing with fiat money, is the, the major source, the moral hazard is government. It is the moral hazard. It takes away our choices and it replaces them with political choices, supposedly insulating us from our mistakes with its central banking and its armies and all those types of things. So the further we get away from government, the less often we'll have moral hazards because we'll have to be responsible for ourselves. Right. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you for the explanation. So we were going to get on Peter Thiel. We're not going to have time for that. We'll do that live from the kill shed on Sunday night.
Lord willing. We're going to do that. We'll talk about Peter Thiel. We'll talk about our boy, Mr. Miles Guau, who was arrested by the FBI. And all of a sudden, his uh, his penthouse goes goes up in flames. He's I don't know. Spread down by the CCP, Billy. Spread down by the CCP. No idea. No idea how, you know, fire just comes out of nowhere. Why the he's, FBI is there. Yeah, he spontaneously combusted or something. But uh, he's in jail, uh, Steve Bannon, you know, Steve Bannon's boy. We'll talk about that on Live from the Kill Shed. Let's say goodbye. This is uh, the Infinite Fringe, ladies and gents. I saw Anne in the chat said, thank you very much for a very special edition of America Unplugged. I know it looks like America Unplugged, but it's actually the Infinite Fringe. <laughs> Mr. Tony Arterburn, tell the people where they can find you. Again, thanks for uh, allowing me to come on, Billy. Always an honor to be on the Fringe. Uh, Arterburn.news, my last name.news from my website, from my show, The Arterburn Radio Transmission, or Paratruther, which is my podcast, last show. Uh, those things go together. And of course, uh, my business is Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. You can go to wisewolf.gold, where we have a membership program, monthly membership program, where you get guaranteed medals del delivered directly to your door. That's wolfpack.gold. You can find links on the website. I'm, I'm joining this week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to start start getting some medals, even though Tony's light, nice enough to send some my way sometimes, you know. Trying try, try to smarten me up on this shit. I didn't know anything about a freaking cougar rant until he sent it to me. I'm like, what is this? Then I had to look it up. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I, I had it right in my mind. Mr. Gardner Goldsmith, thank you very much for giving me time. Say goodbye to the people. Tell them what they can find hey. me. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, people can find me at Liberty Conspiracy on Rockfin or good, just look up Gardner Goldsmith on Rockfin. On Twitter, I'm at Gard Goldsmith. And on Gab, I'm at Gardner Goldsmith. Uh, I also have a Substack. It's Gardner Goldsmith Substack. Just look for it. And uh, part of my week, I also work for MRCTV.org. So they have channels on YouTube and stuff like that. And as long as I'm allowed by Senator Astronaut, what's it, Kelly, the guy who wants to make sure that we can't talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, as long as I'm allowed to talk, I am looking forward to talking to you guys a lot more. Fantastic. We love it. We love it. Mr. John Brisson, what's going on? A 8 p.m. right here on Rockfin Sunday night? Right here on yeah, the Blood Camp? That sounds good? Yes. Live from the Kill Shed, 8 p.m. on Sunday. We're going to try to make that happen, at least this this week. We have to talk about Miles Squad. It has we to do. happen. Mr. John Brissom, tell the people where they can find you. You guys can find We've Read the Documents on Odyssey. We've underscore read on Twitter, and we read the documents on Substack. I'm up there publishing articles, as well as Gardner and uh, Don Jeffries. Go subscribe to them as well. Take care, everybody. Uh, God bless. I'm glad to be back. This has been a great infinite fringe with everybody. And, uh, I gots to go. So bye, everybody. Bye. So I told everybody to take out their pads and pens. I hope you did that. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. This is the Infinite Fringe on Apple Podcast. America Unplugged, 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Rockfin. And uh, on the America Unplugged channel, look up America Unplugged on Rockfin. That's where you'll find Tony's show. You'll find Don Jeffrey's show, uh, Wise Wolf Golden Crypto show, and, of course, America Unplugged. And from time to time, I'll do a live Infinite Fringe. Everybody in the chat, thank you for showing up. Uh, we're unannounced and all you guys were here anyway. We appreciate you. And if you want to hear more about all of this in, in deeper dives, tune in to all of these individual shows. Tony, Guard, and John, they will be going in. And uh, we will be keeping an eye on it as it happens. We might, we might reconvene at some point to see what's going on. All right. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you guys on Saturday right here for America Unplugged. Later, guys. Don't burn the place down while I'm done. Bye.